Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. We come to the first verse of the book of Revelation, which is the introduction, the superscription, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it is filled with uh, much thought and uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Now, uh is this a subjective or an objective statement? In other words, they call it objective, genitive, subjective, genitive. In other words, uh, the revelation of Christ, is it about him or is it from him? Is it a revelation born by him or it is it a revelation concerning, pointing, looking forward to him? See, all right now, which God, now notice, which God gave unto him. Now, this is a God-given book. Now, every book in the Bible doesn't uh, attribute the authorship of its writing to God as clearly and distinctly and as definitely and as explicitly as the book of Revelation. This is a book, this is a book that God gave Jesus. Jesus gave it in turn to an angel. And the angel gave it to his servant John. Alright? To show unto his servants. To show unto his servants. Uh, now, he wasn't going to hold it up and say, hey, see this book. He wanted them to know this book. He gave it to them to know the book. Not just show the book. But to see it. All right, now they're called servants. Now, in the Old Testament, Abraham's called a servant. Jacob's called a servant. Isaiah called a servant. Israel's called a servant. Daniel's called a servant. But now, uh, this book wasn't written to show Daniel something. It wasn't written to show Abraham something. This book was written to show servants of Jesus Christ. Children of God, the churches of Asia Minor, their memberships. Now notice that it's things to show unto his servant things which must shortly come to pass. Not beings. But the emphasis here in this passage is upon things, not upon signs, not upon symbols, not upon ten horns, seven horns, seven head, or, uh, or three-legged animal. It's to show things, all right, which must shortly come to pass. Now, this word shortly, uh, that uh, that gives uh, I, I ever... Every commentator I read about it, he gets he gets upset over this, and 
He doesn't know exactly what it means, and I don't, I don't know whether I know what it means or not, but, uh, I know one thing, uh, some of them says, well, it means suddenly. Well, now, I believe that when Jesus starts, he's gonna come suddenly, or as he's coming as lightning out of the east and west. But now, I don't believe that's the, uh, that's the idea here. Uh, some say it's, uh, it's a year day, uh, year day basis, like, a thousand uh, years is one day with the Lord, and a day is a thousand years, so on. See, uh, I, I don't believe that's uh, the idea. That uh, that may be. But, uh, uh, and then there are some that says, well, the things that's going to come to pass, that's what's going to come to pass shortly. There's some things, not the end, not the consummation. Uh, the things that are going to come to pass is the persecution, is the troubles. They're fixing the, the churches now. You, you church, the church here at Ephesus and Smyrna and Perth. Now y'all gonna run into a lot of heartaches and, and and trials and troubles, and it's gonna come soon on you. Well, uh, that did come, all right. Uh, persecution came soon. Uh, no question about that. But I don't think that's what. Uh, I don't think he's separating. Uh, I think this whole thing, the whole scope of the book, is included in this. But. It is included from God's point of view. It's from God's standpoint. Uh, all prophecy, even in ancient time, uh, was uh, delivered uh, with, uh, with two ideas involved in that prophecy. There was an immediate message for the person that received that prophecy, that heard it. There was a message later on for any of the Jewish people that read that prophecy. That message was still alive. It's still still there. And uh, so uh, uh, this book uh, has a message for, uh, for the immediate uh, churches, people of this time. Now, there are some that say, well, uh, history has proved that, this, that John was mistaken. And uh, and some uh, even pretty orthodox writers get close to believing that that's what well that's about the only conclusion you can come to. It's been uh, 1900 years now, and it hadn't come. Uh, this hadn't been fulfilled. So uh, maybe maybe as a human, as a man, that Jesus was mistaken. Uh, see, and uh, they say that when Jesus said. This generation shall not pass away till you see all these things fulfilled. They said, well, now, Jesus is kind of mistaken there because it's been several generations, see, and these things still haven't come to pass. Or else you've got to uh, interpret it as, well, these things have come to pass, but, oh, they didn't mean what he said. It was not near like the way he said it would be. It's much toned down. But now, uh, when God said these things shall uh, come uh, shortly come to pass, uh, now this was God giving this message to Jesus, see? And, uh, now, and on that basis, on the, uh, statement of Peter about the, uh, uh, thousand years is just a day with the Lord, see? Uh, I mean, it, 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 it involves almost that sentiment, but, but this is in the hands of God. This is God's word, uh, from God's uh, point of view. Now then he says, and he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. All right, all of these idealists say right there, okay, well, that's far as you need to read. You're not going to read anything in there but symbols. And those symbols, nobody knows. We've lost the key. 
the apocalypse had a key to their uh, to understanding their writings, and they did for this purpose. See, the enemy, the more that the uh, people two hundred years before Christ and a hundred years after Christ, the more these Jews looked for their hope to be fulfilled, and the more they were persecuted with the harsher things they would say against the persecutor. And they wanted to write and warn the people about this persecutor, but they didn't want that persecutor to understand them. So they wrote in these symbols. That's one of the methods of apocalyptic literature. That's one of the methods of parabolic use of parables in the New Testament. Why Jesus used parables? See, he wanted to reveal them to somebody. He wanted to show them to somebody, but he wanted to show them uh, because there was somebody there that, that 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 didn't get the message. You see, so the apocalyptic writers wrote. Uh, in concealed language, see, and like the number of the beast over there, the all right uh, 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 in in some of the ancient literature, I don't know where I read it, but I read it about uh, some man, uh, some young man uh, says, "I love a certain number," and that number was the name of his girlfriend, see. Now, when uh, in uh, in numerology, the in the Greek language and the Hebrew language both, there was no such thing as numerals one, two, three, four, five, six. See, the letters of the alphabet served as the numbers. And if you take uh, take uh, then uh, your name, uh, James J, uh, uh, is equivalent to a certain number. A one, M. You have to go down the line and see what M equals to. Well, you put all those numbers together and add them up. Then you get just a number of your name. And the number of the beast was 666. And Nero, if you use a certain name, Nero Caesar, when you add those uh, n- numbers, uh, to uh, add them all up, it totals exactly 666. And that's why a lot of people thought Nero was a beast. And a lot of them still think Nero was a beast. Uh, but then uh, that system has been applied to a lot of other people, and, and they also come out with 666. See? But anyway, that was a way of getting their numbers. Uh, but now then, he sent and signified it. Now that's the purpose of, uh, uh, by his angel, unto his servant John. Now that shows you that this is not apocalyptic literature. Why? Because the writer of this book, his name, no book of the books, uh, and there's hundreds, literally hundreds and hundreds of them, uh, turned up in Jewish literature and never would have put his proper name, the right name to his article that he wrote. He always used an assumed name. But now John, uh, he calls himself John in verse, uh, uh, in verse 1. In verse 4, John to the seven churches, uh, you see. In verse 1, uh, he, he's, uh, uh, he's John the servant. In verse 4, he's John the instrument. In verse, uh, uh, in verse 9, he's John, uh, the brother, brother in tribulation. In, uh, uh Revelation 21, 2, he's John that sees the city. In John, in 22.8, he's, uh, he's John the worshiper. In 22.9, he's John the prophet. So, uh, that shows you that this is not apocalyptic literature. 
Although it's written, got many signs in it, symbols. All right, uh, verse 2 says, Who bear record of the word of God? Now, <clears throat> who bear record of the word of God? Now, uh, again, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all that he saw. Now, the word of God, uh, this expression, word, uh, many times in the Bible it refers to the oral word spoken. Uh, sometimes to the written word that's recorded for posterity. See? And sometimes the word word uh, is referred to uh, the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. See? Sometimes it's a word of the gospel about Jesus, what Jesus did. Sometimes, uh, and as in this case, who bear record of the word of God. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord.